and welcome to the Divine Renovation for the Rest of Us podcast. My name is Dan O'Rourke, and along with me today is Christopher Drew. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, buddy. <laughs> I, I just thought there was going to be more there. But yeah, it just, oh, uh, well, I could have, I, but we don't really have your full bio in front of me, but I would, happily, I would happily read it. <laughs> Father of three, pastor at uh, Stevens Road, and... Uh, Divine Renovation for the Rest of Us co-host. Yeah, These that's are right. The things by which you are, you are known. I yeah. I, who I trying to remember who I was talking to the other day, but I sent an email to somebody, and they said, "Oh, like somebody I didn't know," and they're like, "Oh, Chris Drew, you're not the you're not the same one that does the Divine Renovation <laughs> podcast for the rest of us, are you?" I, I I am that same person. I I've never had this moment before. Yeah, that's me. Autograph, a, autographs was in the mail. <laughs> yeah, you sent them a signed eight by ten. Yeah, that's right. They didn't yeah. ask. I just did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! So um, I, I look forward to you sending me one of your photos. I don't oh, have yeah. it up on That's the right. wall yet, but uh, <laughs> we'll put it right next to the picture of my wife. Yeah, be uh, perfect. Not at all awkward. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. <laughs> not a conversation you have to have from time to time. <laughs> it's the end of January. Uh, how you doing with uh, with New Year stuff? I should maybe we should Happy New Year because it's been a while since we've been doing this. Happy New Year! Yeah, yes. Uh, so, how am I doing with January stuff? What do you mean? Like your New Year stuff? Like, did you do did you do a New Year's resolution? Oh yeah. So, um, I I don't like calling anything a New Year's resolution because the first thing that comes to mind is, well, I'm never going to do it if it's a New Year's resolution, right? Uh, but what I do is uh, I do create a list of goals yep. for the year, and uh, the one I'm sharing uh, with with people just because I need it need to share it in order to stay committed to it is my goal yep. is to run 10k this summer. Hey, and so that. To me, that to me would be something I've never done before. Never yep. run 10k. I, I've I've run on and off, uh, and I've hit you know eight or nine ish k. Yep. Uh, but I've never actually conquered 10k as as either a goal or objective, and I've certainly never done it in real life. Uh, and the reality, Christopher, I hate running. Yeah. Oh man, do I hate running? I just I have no passion for it. I know people get into it and like they get the runner's high. For me, it's just like a runner's low. I, I feel <laughs> miserable afterwards. It's it's just it's not a happy space for me. But I know it's really good for me. And in the long run, when I am running and when I'm in a, a pattern of running, I just I feel my health is better and I've got more more energy when I'm not uh, strapping on the running shoes. So this this summer. You and I together are going to run 10K. <laughs> okay, I'll take the first two. <laughs> you could have the other eight. <laughs> and together, we can run, we can run, run an 10K. eight or 10K. It's a relay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't run, man. All right, power to you, though. I, anyway, I, I only ask, because we're, we're four weeks into January now, and, and I was reading uh, right at the beginning of January that we're at the spot now that most people, whatever thing that they said they were going to do at the beginning of January, they have officially... Abandoned. Abandoned it? Abandoned it, yeah. They've moved on. Yeah, that about about 70% of people who who do a um, who make resolutions, it's right around this point, you're, you're pretty much toast. And if you get past this point, most people would, would succeed. But but here's... So, so am I in a really good position? Because I really haven't started. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like... Well, you, you know... You, I'm definitely going to get past this point. You so. know, what's the... Yeah, what's the the old saying? You 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 don't miss the shots you don't take. <laughs> yeah, you miss. I, I'm not quite sure you're getting the phrase exactly right. I think it's uh, close you, enough. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably it. Yeah, you miss 100 percent of the, the shots, shots you don't, don't, don't take. take. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or you don't miss them because you know. <laughs> awesome. So, what about yourself? Did you did you make resolutions this year? No, same thing. I gave up making resolutions a long time ago mm-hmm. um, because they they always felt more like a more like a weight than a goal. Like um, yeah, a burden. Yeah, they felt like a burden, and yeah. they they never they never stuck for me. Yeah. Um, but 
what I what I learned a while ago though is is sort of that same thing is is having that time where you take a take a goal and and normally it's it's been a problem it's and and it's been a personal problem or or a health problem or or whatever and it's it's been saying this is this is bad enough that I really need to address it like I mm-hmm. absolutely have to change it and and there's yeah, there's always been that inertia problem that I, that it's that it's easier to sit on the couch and eat potato chips on any given day than it is to put on your running shoes and run. Uh, again, I I never do that. I will. I oh, oh, I think I think the only time I've been convinced to run uh, twice. I've done five k's and both times it was because your your wife was doing My wife. your wife <laughs> was doing something for a charity and needed people to sign up to run charitable runs so i did it so i've done two i hated them both but i don't know some quantity of money went to some charity i guess and <laughs> that helped mitigate it a so little i've bit. never done one of uh, her runs with her because that would well, nobody would be watching the kids. That's the first thing. Like that, yeah, that's yeah. a real reality. Like you know, if she's on one of those uh, runs that she she used to really do a lot of. Um, there'd be no one home to watch the the kiddos. So I, I I felt like I was being a dutiful husband by staying home with the kids on the couch eating potato chips. I felt like that was my role. Isn't it always great when uh, when all of the things that you would rather do actually put you in the spot of I'm probably doing the right thing here. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is probably this me. Is at, this is me at my best <laughs> on the potato on the couch eating potato chips watching the kids while my wife goes for a run. Winning husband. <laughs> awesome. All right. So look. When when uh, when we're not at our best, yeah, uh, we might feel a degree of discomfort, yeah, discontent. Yes, uh, is that somewhere that we like to sit? No, and that's and that's the that's one of those funny things that we we really need to work on. So often we we achieve our our goals, whatever they are, when we we finally allow ourselves to enter in and and feel and experience that sense of, of discontent, that mm-hmm. sense of dissatisfaction. And, and since a lot of our, our lives are, are tooled to avoid feeling those feelings, uh, we have to actively, I think, allow ourselves to, that we have to really have a hard look at ourselves in the, in the mirror, li- literally or figuratively. We have to have a hard look at our, our, our family life in the, again, the literal or figurative mirror or, or our faith or, or our church and say, are we really happy about this? Like, is, is this happening the way I want it to happen? Is this moving me and, and us and all of us forward in, in healthy ways? Or, or are we, again, literally or figuratively, you know, knowing we should be lacing up our shoes to run, but instead we're, we're sitting on the couch and eating, eating potato chips. And, and more often it's, 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 it's just that we, we, we're not happy with where we are, but but the idea of change is, is hard, yeah. and and it feels harder to change than it is to stay the same. Yeah, this happens, I think, all over uh, life. I mean, like I can think of, of, of times in my life where I've been in a, a career or a job I was, you know, you yeah. know, not content with or, or un, unsettled by. Uh, but man, it is just you just get into the routine, right? And it's it's easier just to keep slogging through and showing up every day and punching the clock and going yeah. home. And so it becomes uh, almost an unhealthy pattern because you're not getting better. Yeah, you're kind of stuck in that that pattern of rut. Yeah, I did um did one of those uh, those personality type tests forever ago. I, I don't know how many I've done. I've lost I've lost track. But but one of them is is the the Myers Briggs one. And one of the things still that trying it, to pass it, them? Is that still trying to pass. Still yeah, trying still pass still, still trying to find a personality that I like. <laughs> <laughs> Just the right set of letters, I guess. <laughs> and and one of them talked in around um, around change and 
and it and it breaks people up into into categories, and it, it more or less says that these are rounded numbers. But about twenty five percent of the world they are they are change enthusiasts, mm-hmm. um, and and keeping things the same for too long starts to starts to drive them crazy. The other seventy five percent of us um, push come to shove. We would rather stay the same than change, and and when you start skewing towards um, religion, and this I found interesting, that 75%, that grows. So you have more people sitting in your pews who prefer change. And just to make prefer sure... Prefer change or prefer not oh, sorry, to change? Prefer not to change. Prefer okay. not to change. And, and just to make things more complicated, the people who gravitate towards leadership in in religious institutions tend to be that other 25%. So you so would... People who want to change. Who want to change end up, up in as leaders. leaders. People who don't want to change, as you can imagine... Yeah. Don't and that that makes a lot of sense. What it what it does mean is is you've automatically set up a, set up a conflict scenario that mm-hmm. you you put change agents up front because that tends to be where they they gravitate to, and you put change non enthusiasts everywhere else. <laughs> I want a T-shirt that says change non enthusiasts. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and you put and you put them everywhere else, and and I and I think this is the struggle that. That again, a lot of us, a lot of us feel, and a lot of our churches feel that that if if you are a person who makes, uh, you know, weekly or or mostly weekly, you know, church attendance or or faith excursions part of your life, and you go, I, I just I wish this was better. Yep. I wish there was more to this. I think if you talk to your your leadership, you talk to your priest or your pastor, I imagine you'd get a lot of sympathy there uh, if you didn't come at them swinging about it. But if you talk to your average person on either side of you in the pew, you may find yourself with with less sympathy. Mm. So again, the question is: is how do we how do we raise the level of of discontent enough that it's it's less it's less painful to change than yep. it is to to stay the same and and, and, I, and to identify it. I think it almost starts with like an awakening. Yeah, because uh, I think sometimes when we're we're in that space of of uh, needing change and we're we're not content with the way things are. You know, we actually don't pause long enough or, or even look at it and say, well, you know, this is the thing that's causing me some some discomfort. I know here at, uh, at St. Benedict Parish, um, one of the things when, when, we're, when they're looking to bring in change, any yeah. sort of change, um, they, they make it part of the homily series. Yeah. So they'll do a visioning homily and they'll talk about why things aren't working the way they are. Now, they're a little um, – when they, when they go about it, they, they're, they're gentle in the sense that they're saying, you know, things could be better than they are, right? But the reason they, they approach it that way is the first thing they're trying to do is that they're trying to recognize that there's a problem. Because yeah. people in the pews, people in life, in life – um, they don't always sense or, or, or aware of, of the issue that, that might be grading them. Yeah, no, that's exactly. I mean, we can acclimatize to a lot of things pretty easily, and mm-hmm. and when we can get used to it. I mean, we can we can forget what better looks like, or or we can get pretty satisfied with with good enough or or works for me. I mean, the amount of times I hear people say the the phrase that that I'm learning to just despise at this point is, "Well, if it ain't broke, I mean, why why fix it?" And the Truth is, often often it is broken, or or if not broken, it's functioning. But but man, it could it could do a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that I guess it's it's you know it's like you're you're jumping into your winter beater. Like sure, it 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 gets me from point A to point B, but yeah. but but nowhere near as well as it could. And um, and 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 that's and that's sort of the thing. It's it's about painting that painting that bright future uh, or bright picture of the future. But it, but it's also about naming the problems that we're having now. And 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 not tipping that into 
into despair or into into bashing, but it's about saying, no, this, I mean, this is a legitimate problem. It's an addressable problem, but it's a real problem. And until we, until we acknowledge it, mm-hmm. we can't, we can't start to make it, we can't start to fix it until we, we accept that we're feeling this way. We can't, we can't start to feel a different way. Mm-hmm. I find one of the ways that you can uh, begin to address those challenges is by, basically by bringing them to God. Yeah. Uh, you know, in that moment of prayer and that, in that solitude, that silence, uh, I, I think there's an opportunity to, you know, to say to God, you know, this kind of thing, it's not working for me. And and not to even just, not to ask for the answer, but to, to ask for the opportunity to understand, um, you know, what God wants you to do and yeah. how what he's calling you to. Because I, I think for us as, as Christians, I mean, what will bring us uh, contentment is doing what what he wants, yeah. and it's not necessarily what I want, right? And yeah. so often when you know we, we talk, uh, it's, it's cliche, but the vending machine God, right? Where yeah, you yeah, know yeah. you go, well, you know, I'm not happy. If only I had a Coca Cola, well, you know, and you get your Coca Cola, you're still not going to be happy. Yeah. And so, but going to God and saying, I'm not, you know, I thirst. Yeah, you end up with a totally different answer, and likely not a Coca Cola. Probably not. No, no. This podcast brought to you by <laughs> not, Finally, not Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, that's exactly it. I, I mean, it's once we start acknowledging that that deeper issue, then then we can start we can start moving. Now, if we're if we're talking about wanting to make our our church experience better. I mean, one of the first questions that I think we have to ask ourselves is, is what are the, what are the things that I have influence over or, or am responsible for or, or connected to? And, and if the answer is nothing, I mean, possibly you want to adjust that in of itself. I'm, I'm sure there are spots where you can, you can be helping. And if you are feeling a need to make things better, that that's probably a good uh, a good indicator that you're being called, but after that, I mean, if if you have a handful of things that you're you're responsible for or, or connected to, it, it's probably good to work within within those areas because it's one thing to say I think the church would be better if so and so did something better because that that's first off that's throwing all the responsibility onto somebody else and. Uh, and again, moves you towards something that's critical as opposed to something that's constructive. But if you shift the question to saying, if if I feel like something's not working, if I feel embarrassed or unsure that I want to invite somebody that I know to come and sit here with me, I think the real question that we have to ask is, well, why is that? I mean, why if the if the priest stands up and says that um, challenges the the church to be uh, to outreach more, to, to to invite people. If I sit there and go, yeah, I, I don't want to do that. Mm. Um, why? I mean, is it is it something internal? Is it it's is, is it something about the church that you're thinking about your your peer circle and say, there, no way, like there's no way am I doing that? That's that's a question that I think we have to drill down on because the church can only theoretically outreach if the people who are there. Are, are on board and, and comfortable and, and alive with the desire to reach out. So uh, let, let's, go, let's pull from a bit from, our, our, from Scripture. Are there instances where we can see sort of that, that discontent where, where someone in, in the Bible feels it and, and takes action or doesn't take action? Yeah, I, 
I mean, I guess you can think of the case of of, of Jonah there. So Jonah was uh, Jonah was a prophet by by all accounts ex- successful. He he was liked. He was in the in, in the northern kingdom, and and then he was given a pretty tough job of going to the to the neighboring kingdom, the the warring kingdom of, of Assyria, and, and giving them a, a message. And and Jonah functionally said, "Forget this," and and you know jumped on a boat and went the and went the opposite direction. I mean, the idea of, of reaching out to people he he didn't like, uh, that he didn't want to reach. That in fairness, he he was much more content with the idea that maybe God would leave uh, like a smoldering cinder where Assyria used to be, as opposed to offering forgiveness and compassion. I mean, I, all of these things just felt reprehensible. To Jonah, and and he and he ran away, and and if you know the story well enough, you know that then in his his process of, of running, he he encounters a, a storm on the boat, he he goes overboard, he he gets swallowed by a by a whale, and but I don't I don't know if you can have a moment where you're more discontent than <laughs> in the belly of a whale. <laughs> in the belly of a whale, this, this feels this feels that seems pretty un- like a crummy day. This feels like a really crummy moment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to get, I guess, eaten by a giant animal, but to uh, you know, to be able to think about how that's happening is is <laughs> unpleasant, I imagine. And I mean, that was it. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, Jonah's in this situation where where he has to decide what what the next thing is. I mean, it it seems like it, this is pretty much a done deal. Uh, he prays. He he admits that that he was wrong to do the things that he was doing, and he gets you know second chance and gets bat up on the shore and off to Assyria he goes. And I, I wish the story ended better. I mean, it doesn't. Jonah does the thing he's supposed to do. Assyria hears the message. They, they respond positively. And then Jonah sulks in a, in a corner because, again, he really wanted a big steaming pile of Assyria, not not people who were forgiven. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it his while he was standing on the shore in the northern kingdom of Israel, he was content and happy. He was happy with God, happy with his people, happy with the trajectory, and and he felt no need to make that any better. You know, God from his advantage or vantage point saw saw this group of people who were 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 so astray, and he was so unhappy with it that he he wanted something done about it. And and Jonah couldn't see it. He couldn't see it until again. He had the right set of circumstances that made him sufficiently discontent mm-hmm. that it was time to it was a time to make an adjustment. What I find interesting about, about the story is that it's not just about um, you know Jonah's discontent, but it's it's also about his need to follow what God wants. Yeah, and um, and the impact, frankly, the impact he had when he did. Yeah, I mean, like you know, what what a tremendous impact he had on Nineveh and and, and the people there, and like. When, when we when we give in to feeling the frustrations yeah. that or the discontent, we might do better to hear God's call yeah. and then respond and, and have a much much more impact, much uh, much greater uh, influence in life. Well, that's the interesting part. I mean, had Jonah been a, a really fully engaged, fully willing participant in this, I mean, it, you can imagine the long lasting impact that he could have had, mm-hmm. because he he should have gone down in history as the most successful prophet that ever existed because he went to a foreign nation and they and they had an, an initial response. I mean, if you know your world history, Nineveh didn't stay reformed and they certainly didn't stay positive and they didn't stay um, they didn't stay with their new commitments. They they reverted. But again, that's because 
because Jonah... It's because he went to the hill after. He went to the hill after, yeah, that's right. He only, he only did as much as he absolutely had right. to and then and then no more. And again, that's that's our struggle when we're dealing with change. It's 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 being dragged along um, as opposed to being that that willing participant that if we can if we can see the if we can see the path forward that God is asking us to do, if we can see the better world that's being painted and then work through the difficulty of of getting there, knowing that we're we're being asked to to bring people maybe we don't want to bring along or we're asked or being asked to change things about ourselves that we would rather keep the way it is and it's hard do you think do you think god ever creates discontent in us oh i'm positive of it i mean if if for no other reason than then we were we are we are designed to be functioning one way and if we function another it's it's uncomfortable i mean we're we're trying to find light and joy and life in things that are not designed to bring us long-lasting satisfaction and joy and light and life and that that should produce discontent in us it's again it's it's you know to borrow the analogy we, we use on a lot it's it's like filling up on junk food all the time it it should make us feel uncomfortable at times because we're not we're not meant to run on that as fuel and when we're trying to to fill our our, our own spiritual lives or our own churches on things that are not meant to be the missional fuel that God gives us, not to meant to be that that movement of of love that that you know I'm a you know gracious God to the you know the multiple generations. Um, if we if we're fueling on something else, it should be uncomfortable. And if we've become sufficiently numb to that discomfort, that's that's a considerably bigger problem. We've we've moved so deep into it i mean now you're talking about um, now, now you're talking about i mean i mean serious uh, serious spiritual damage almost like the the leprosy of spirituality that you are you're incapable of feeling this discomfort it's mm. you know you you in a, again in a in your own body banging your hand on something should hurt and if it doesn't that's not better that's yeah. that's worse yeah, and in, in, actually, that's a good analogy, right? So the whole concept of pain is, is not unlike the discontent or discomfort yeah. we might feel with, with circumstance. Um, but just because we're discontent or discomforted doesn't mean that we're automatically doing the wrong thing. It's, no. it's, it's just like when you bump your hand on a wall, you might hurt yourself. Well, that was... Uh, Accidental. Yeah. Whereas if you put your hand in a vice and start turning the crank and it yeah. just hurts more and more, that's less accidental. That's intentional. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of pain that says, stop what you're doing. You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, bunking your head on, on, on a wall, that doesn't that the message is, oops, you made a mistake. Yeah. So I, I don't want to. What I don't want us to do is categorize all discontent as being, uh, you know, a sign that you need life change. No, no, I don't no. think that's a fair statement. No. Um, however, I think what it does uh, indicate is, uh, if we are feeling discontent, we, we owe it to ourselves to first of all acknowledge it, yeah, and second of all explore it, yeah, like figure out what's going on, what is the thing here, and yeah. is is there something I should be doing, yeah, and then and bring that in prayer to God. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's that's exactly it. So it's 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 meant to be. I think uh, again, I think it's a warning sign. And it, and it could be something that just said, ah, you did something today that maybe maybe it's not a great thing, but but whatever, let's make tomorrow better. Or again, it could be that sign of there's something deeper and more long lasting and, and more in need of, of change. And again, discontent's not a bad thing um, if if it prompts us into doing the things that that ultimately need to be need to be done. It's it's sort of like that uh, that that notion around around. Um, 
around sadness or, or around anger, that these, these emotions in of themselves are not necessarily bad if they prompt us into the right spot. Sometimes sad things happen and you need a, you need a good cry to feel better. Uh, sometimes things that are making you discontent, that entering into that state acknowledging it and then moving with it is is what we need trying to numb away the discontent or trying to shrug it off means whatever is whatever is triggering there whatever is whatever warning bell is going off we're we're ignoring and that's you know that's intensely a problem we we just went through that big season of, of advent christmas into new years so we we went through the prime time season of of spiritual you know considering renewal people were people were popping into services a little more you, you popped into your 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 uh, your christmas eve or your your vigils and you you, you just you, you you lit some candles like you, you did the thing that that a lot of people do at that time of year mm-hmm. and you you began to think well you know maybe this is something that i should explore a little bit more but again we're 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 at that spot now where that that initial that initial energy is, is has petered off yeah. and our desire to to connect more is is going away or our desire for our churches to connect with more people are starting to go go away i i would say and as this is almost a total aside um the I, i'm always of the opinion that that the the people that you see there on your your christmas services your 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 larger congregation uh that that should be the people that you are you're really actively working on. I mean, they they have some acknowledgement that being here is is important, mm-hmm. and and as a church, we should be really excited to see them, not not scoff at them like oh, just here are our Christmas Christians. Like yep. we that 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 we shouldn't be content to only see them once a once or twice a year. We're uh, we're in the middle of no, we're at the very beginning, not the middle. We're at the very beginning of um, Alpha season here, mm-hmm. and uh, anyways, what I love about Alpha is uh, first night is like is questions like is there more to life than this? Yeah, and it begs the question, right? It's it's chasing that question of you know can we get a, a contentment with just you know the the, the things of the world? Like is that yeah. sufficient? Yeah. And people show up because they're not content with the things of the world that you know. And you have uh, in, in in our case the testimony was was a wonderful one on on night one, um, but it was just it's this. People can be terribly successful, and they still don't achieve that 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 level of contentment, right? I mean, it, it's that there's a gap. Yeah. There's a gap, a hole, a, a something, and I think people who are not part of a faith that they 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 recognize that there's a hole. They just don't really know what to do about it. Yeah. We and people likely listening to this podcast are so much more lucky in the sense that we have something there. Yeah. And the question is, how much have we leaned on it and how much have we chased it and, and really sought to understand it? Yeah. And in the case of, of Alpha Season here at, at St. Benedict Parish, uh, it, there's so many people who are quote-unquote churchgoers yeah. uh, that you know are there most Sundays at least, yeah. uh, but are now actually trying to invest themselves in understanding uh, and, and really coming to terms with their faith in a new way, and that's yeah. what I think Alpha provides a lot of people. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's I mean that's really the story of Ecclesiastes, right? I mean, you have the the this rich and powerful person speaking who said, you know, I've 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 done all the things, you know, I've acquired all the wealth, I've built yeah. all the buildings, I've I've drank all the wine, like I I've done all the monuments, and I am empty inside. He women in there too. He mentions women, yeah, wine, women, and song. Like he he dives right in. He dives into study, and and again, it's it's just it it feels vanity to him. It feels empty to him, meaningless to him, because he feels like there is something greater. And 
And that's that book could be written today. I mean, that's that's the modern cry. Like yeah. I've I've done all the things that are supposed to make me happy, and I'm no happier. Yeah. I mean, how do I how do I deepen this? How do I go beyond this? And I, I again, I think that's often our starting point. I mean, that's our that's the thing that we have to chase down. Stop stop numbing the discontent and asking why you're feeling it. Yeah, there's so many of the uh, the great saints of of the church have given away everything. Right? Yeah, they've 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 given away all their worldly possessions. They've they've gone into poverty. And I think uh, I was reading Merton just the other night, and uh, at one point he's just saying, you know, I have everything I need. You know, I'm you know I have Jesus in me. I'm united with Jesus, and that there's nothing that could bring me greater happiness or contentment than than that. And yeah. it's like it's so rich in its um, it's so rich in its content because. Like, what more could one possibly need or want than to to have that relationship with God and for it to be so, so intimate? Yeah. Uh, yet we spend most of our time, we spend most of our time chasing things that are completely foreign to that. Yeah. Uh, that we, we just spend most of our time, you know, looking for a new shirt yeah. so we can wear, you know, a really cool t-shirt or uh, a new pair of running shoes. Looking at Paul on his new cell phone over there. Maybe we need new cell phones. Yeah. But those things are so temporary. Yeah. And, you know, while they might bring bliss, it's only momentary. Yeah. Do you know, I, I learned the other day that um, that we become clumsier with cell phones when the new ones are released. That <laughs> no, if, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, That's awesome. That every time uh, your next generation of phone comes out, the people who kind of accidentally drop their phone and, and <laughs> break it goes way up because they don't they can't quite justify buying something new, but uh, whoops! Well, screen's broken. I mean, I might as well just might as well just get the new thing. And and again, I mean, there, there's something wow. interior there. Our our culture is is really fixated on on um, on feeling feeling content because you got the new thing. Mm-hmm. And and there's always a new thing because the the, the thing that you bought was new is is old uh, suddenly. And we need to find something richer and and deeper. And, and more sustaining and, and and I think I think you hit the nail on the head there it, it's funny especially with with things like um, cell phones it's not not only is our nature predisposed to to wanting that new thing but then our culture like broadcasts at us all day long how much you want that new thing Christopher yeah you need a new iPhone you yeah. need a new uh, you know computer or uh, the phone's a perfect example because I mean most most people have one but I mean like the, the broadcast is so fierce and so fast and yeah. um, non-stop yeah even in this post television world for those of us who don't have cable oh yeah um, the the ads are just they're nonstop. Yeah. And they're all, again, they're all, for the most part, showing you the same thing, that, mm. that you are happier for doing this than for not doing this, that you'll be better in some way for doing this than not doing this. And and that that cuts to the core of the problem. I, it, I, advertisers have clearly noticed that, generally speaking, there is this there is this layer of discontent running through us. And, and they're more than happy to, to attempt to address it by... Buy your new shirt, your new phone, your new shoes, your your new car, your your you know your upgraded spouse. Like I mean, there there are entire things that av- advocate for what could be considered moral or what could be considered immoral. They're they're willing to throw anything at you yeah. to try to try to numb that feeling. So uh, I'm going to assume, yeah, rightly or wrongly, that there's been a time in your life when you've been discontented. Sure. Uh, what did you do right or wrong? Uh, well, I mean, a couple of things. It, it depended on what it was. I mean, I've, I've had times where I've felt spiritually discontent. I've had times where I've spent, uh, been um, physically or emotionally discontent. Uh, some of the things that I've done is, um, 
is 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 naming it of course i mean is really saying that i i need to lose weight or i i do need to spend more time in in uh, reflection or or solitude or silence or prayer uh but then the next the next big step is because after you decide that you're going to do it i mean most people will throw themselves with with that enthusiasm and, and and be relatively successful the thing that messed me up every time was the first the first major roadblock. So if it was health, I, I I don't like exercising when I'm when I'm congested. I feel miserable and I, I won't do it. And that was often enough. Like that that took me off my pattern and I was done. Or same thing with um, with with trying to make more time for say quiet time in the morning. You know, the first day that I'm just too tired to wake up, it throws my rhythm off. So it throws my rhythm off and I don't get back into it. Uh, so it's about saying, you know, you know, these goals don't have to be renewed annually. Like they, they're not something you commit to, you mess up and then, well, hmm. maybe next year <laughs> <laughs> because you know, you just, you, um, you have to you have to try again and and accept the fact that you will absolutely have days that that don't go as well as you want to and and make it uh, and make the next day better it's that it's that consistent renewal of your goal and desire uh, so look here's um, here's how I want us to end uh, this conversation I think if you're listening to this and you're feeling any degree of discontent uh, that you, you owe it to yourself to pause and to, and to create some quiet time. Yeah. Just create some quiet time and explore it. Uh, I think, you know, we, we will all, uh, we're sympathetic to, to your discontent in the sense that we've all gone through it. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, we're, we're happy to whine about things, but sometimes we're, we're not quite as happy to, to deal with things. Yeah. So uh, if, if you're in a, if you're feeling any sort of discontent, I think, you know, pausing and acknowledging it, spending some time in prayer with it, yeah. and then possibly... Depending on what 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 the uh, what the issue is, maybe it's time you do something about it. Yeah, yeah. So, Christopher, if people want to find more of you in their lives, where should they seek you out? Where do uh, they find you? Oh, more of me. Wow. Wouldn't wouldn't everybody just? <laughs> <laughs> that's how we solve the discontent problem. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I'm I'm on uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at Topher D Drews. Good spot. To, to find me, um, and then I'm also at uh, Stevens Road United Baptist Church in uh, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. You can find me in the in live and in person there. Excellent. Uh, my name is Dan O'Rourke. Of course, you'll find me at Dan O'Rourke on Twitter. Uh, also, check out Divine Renovation on the website divinerenovation.net. We have a Facebook page. It's actually pretty brand new for us, so you can find Divine Renovation on Facebook now. Div Reno, where you'll find this podcast and the others we release, and. Uh, we also have a Patreon campaign, which uh, we really haven't done much to to, to uh, massage or give love to, but it's out there. And to be honest, it, you know, this whole thing is run as a, a charitable initiative, and we do get donations, not through the Patreon, really, uh, but we do get donations that make this this podcast and the others possible. And we hope that you'll choose to uh, to help us and help this ministry too. With all that said, we look forward to the next time, Christopher. Let's uh, let's end like all of our podcasts with a well-scripted ending. Let's do a silent fist bump. <laughs> <laughs>